The pursuit of God doesn't stop when a believer gets saved. There is so much more to discover about a living and active God who is with us and in us. If you've ever thought to yourself, there has got to be more than this, you are in the right place. Welcome to the More of God, a safe place to explore the more. Hey guys, welcome to the More of God. This month's theme is the what? <laughs> I wanted to do this theme because anytime I tell anybody I'm Pentecostal, I seem to always get the same wide-eyed look and the same two questions. Number one, does your church speak in tongues? And number two, do you all play with snakes? And I totally understand these questions are the same questions I probably would have asked 10 years ago myself when I really didn't understand what the word Pentecostal even meant. So I want to start there. I want to define what is Pentecostal. So just to clarify, there's denominations that are called Pentecostal, like Pentecostal Holiness or the United Pentecostal Church. But when I say Pentecostal, I'm not referring to a denomination. I'm referring to a set of beliefs that Pentecostal churches hold. So many different denominations, such as the Assemblies of God, the Church of God, and the church that I belong with, the Foursquare denomination, they align themselves as a Pentecostal denomination. So what this means is unlike other denominations, their statement of faith includes Pentecost as something that's available to all believers today. So in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit, you know, gets poured out over the believers and the believers are not just filled with the Spirit, but they're also the Spirit comes upon them and empowers them to be witnesses. Well, Pentecostal churches believe that that also happens for believers today. Several things I want to make clear, though. God did not create denominations. So assuming things about someone based on what denomination they align themselves with can be dangerous because, for example, as a whole, the Baptist denomination doesn't agree with certain aspects of Pentecostal theology, but there are Baptists who speak in tongues, and there's Baptists who believe in the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And also, no two Pentecostal churches are the same. You can, you can go to one, and it's completely different from the next one that you go to. So I'm merely using these denominational terms as a generalization to discuss, but I would never pigeonhole somebody and what they believe based on their denomination. One of the things we believe is that the Holy Spirit is not just our means to salvation, but that he's an active part of our life, that he's an advocate, a counselor, a teacher, a guide, and a friend. And so the word of God is true, and we read the word of God to know what he has said, but we also have an ear open to the Holy Spirit for what he's currently saying about the present moment. And in their worship services, Pentecostal churches often focus on listening for that voice and following the flow of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in the moment. Because of this, you might see Pentecostal worship services look a little more active than other denominations. So, for example, you might see people in worship be a little more demonstrative, trying to, you know, agree with not just their minds, but their bodies with what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do. So what does that look like? How weird is that? So it varies. In some churches, you might not notice anything. In other churches, you might see somebody clapping or shouting. Some churches, you might see somebody waving flags or ribbons around. Somebody might be painting a worship painting or dancing on the stage or even blowing a horn, all of which have examples in Scripture. 
but are kind of weird. <laughs> also, there's often a, a focus of inviting his tangible presence to come and to be with us. And with his presence comes peace and power. And depending on the person, they respond differently to the presence, the peace or the power of God. Some may cry. Others may laugh. Some may shake. Some may shout. Some may fall over. Some may do all the above. And others may sit quietly in their seat, saying nothing, but having a profound encounter with the Holy Spirit. It all just depends on the person and what God is doing in them in that moment. You may also witness in a Pentecostal church manifestations of his spirit, such as speaking in tongues, interpretation of that, or maybe somebody giving a prophetic word. Maybe they stand in front of the church and they give a word from God to the body, or maybe they walk up to a person and give an individual a message. And if you've never witnessed this before and you enter into a church and people are falling out and laughing, it can be really overwhelming. And I know because I've been there. So this month, we're going to talk about all these things. We're going to look at the biblical basis for them. And then we're going to have people share their own stories about their encounters with the supernatural things of God. So several things to mention before we begin. Number one, God invites everyone to participate in the more of God. We get to choose if we want to or not. If you don't want to, if none of this sounds good to you, if you feel scared by it all and you want to run the other direction, God still loves you the same and you still go to heaven. No one is a better or worse Christian because of what they do or don't choose. Salvation is the only requirement to be part of God's kingdom and all the other stuff is icing on the cake. Us Pentecostals just happen to like the icing. Number two, Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom and all else will be given. You can never go wrong focusing on God and not the stuff. But it's also true that when we're focused on God, he often does the stuff. Number three, my pastor has a principle for our church. He often says we don't act weird to be weird, but sometimes God is weird. So our goal is never to be crazy for the sake of being crazy. But sometimes when the Holy Spirit is moving, things can get a little crazy because God is supernatural, which means above natural, not natural, not normal. Often when things get a little crazy, people will bring up the scripture, 1 Corinthians 14.40, which says everything in church should be done in a fitting and orderly way. But in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit first came, bystanders thought the disciples were drunk because of how they were acting. That doesn't sound very fitting and orderly. God's definition of orderly is often quite different from mine. Number four. If you're in a situation at a church and things seem a little crazy and you don't know what's going on and you fear fear or confusion come in, try to withhold judgment. Go to God. Ask him to show you what's going on in the situation. What can you tell me about what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing? It can be so difficult not to make assumptions, me included. I want to share a story with you about a night, maybe five years ago, we had a worship night at my church and the worship, it was so powerful, and I felt the presence of God so strongly. I was in the zone, and soon this woman to my side, she fell down, and she started screaming at the top of her lungs, and she was flopping around on the floor, and it was just very distracting, and I could do nothing but just watch her, and I instantly made a judgment about her. 
I assumed she was trying to get attention. I assumed that she was, you know, being used by the enemy to distract what was amazing worship service. And, and I rolled my eyes and I made a sigh. And, and instantly in that moment, I sensed the extreme nearness of God. It was as if he was nose to nose with me and his hand was on my chest. And he said very firmly, I'm doing that. And it was such a forceful moment and my hands began to shake and my heart was racing and it snapped me instantly out of my judginess and I immediately repented for my wrong thinking. I started praying blessings on that woman and the work that God was doing in her. And since that day, anytime I have a temptation to judge a person or a situation, I go back to that moment and I remember. I always want to agree with what God is doing in a room or a person and never oppose it. Are there going to be times when people's flesh gets involved and it becomes more about people or emotions than God? Unfortunately, yes, people are human and they're not always perfect. And on behalf of imperfect Pentecostals everywhere, I apologize to anyone who's had a negative experience with the Holy Spirit due to the mix of imperfect humans. But is it worth throwing out everything awesome and amazing that the Holy Spirit wants to do in a church because humans sometimes muck it up a little bit? God is always inviting everyone into the more of God. However, he often shows up a little bit differently or a lot differently than we expect. My friend Bill says you can't invite God into your building and then tell him what to do when he shows up. Letting God be God and be in charge means now we're not in charge. And so many of us are used to being in that driver's seat. But letting go of control can be easier the more and more we get to know the character of God. Because we can trust that even when we don't understand, he won't give us a gift that isn't good and he won't lead us anywhere that isn't good. So if you've ever wondered about those crazy Pentecostals and the weird things they do, then stay tuned this month for the podcast. And if any questions arise, feel free to email me at themoreofgod at gmail.com. And for the record, as for the snakes, I've never, ever ever seen a snake in church. Till next week.